Yeah. <laughs> they never pushed that kind of thing up until then. But that was the time period. You could you just kind of like shoved something like that in there every now and then. It just it just made no sense. Uh yeah. They were just trying shit. They were just throwing stuff at the walls and seeing what stuck. They were they were like not the baby and like then uh, yeah. They go from not the baby to um <laughs> oh, you know, the extraction of natural resources right. uh doomed the future generations of this planet. Yeah. Good good night and good luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember they were they were aiming for a Peabody award with that last episode. They just Know you know who else for. is aiming for a Peabody Award? Who's that? Hey there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Pixelit. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And today, we're finishing up Diablo the Black Road. And I got a burp. There it is. Oh, uh, there it is. There it is. Let it out. There it is. Yeah, there it, it is. You got it. Um, I got it. Um, yeah, so we're, we're wrapping up on this book. Um... And uh, we got a lot of ground to cover because we realized after <laughs> the first two episodes, a little bit of a miscalculation in yeah in the amounts that we were supposed to read for episode one and two. So uh, we're just gonna hit the ground running, and it's it just kind of do it. We're gonna blast our way through this. Let's um, blast the body into the marsh. <laughs> let's let's blast that body right into the mash. Um, when I tell you to dump a body in the marsh. You dump them in the marsh. So chapter 16, uh, we uh, we're, we got Derek. Um, he's, he's listening to some old timer talk about the new healing church and the stone snake and all that jazz. And Derek is working aboard some ships, uh, but he's not too fond of it. Um, and they're on their way to a town called Seekers Point. Uh, the old timer named Sahir. Don't get used to him. He's not going to come back ever again in the book. Yeah, um, don't worry mentions, about it. Just don't worry don't, about don't it. Don't worry about it. Uh, just another transitional character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you may- <laughs> in a book full of them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's <laughs> what you get used to with this. It just does, These characters you think are going to stick. Nope. Nope. They're they're. they're yeah. I got way, a man. whole list of them that that did, never came back that I think would be uh, that. It's just kind of funny that they never came back. So, yeah. Um, Odom says, uh, I like my characters like tissue paper, soft, strong and disposable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it like uh, toilet paper, flushable. Um, yeah, <laughs> very much so. I wipe my ass with these characters and I flush them. <laughs> um, so, so here the old timer talks about that. The symbols that Derek kind of draws in his notebook when he's just like uh, not thinking about anything were of interest to a sage that they're going to go see. Um, and the symbol is similar to the one that the church of the prophet of light uses. And the sage thinks that it might be evil. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so when we last left off, we're we're back to Chalik. Uh booyah Chalik. Um, when we last left off, he got shot in the chest with an arrow, and he's pretty dang sure that he's dying. And Cabraxis tells him to clear the room to heal him so that uh so Chalik's like, all right, everybody leave. And the priests are like, but you're bleeding. And he's like, just get the fuck out. Chalik um, says, I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed. And Cabraxis says, you damn right, you don't have time to bleed. And Cabraxis pulls the quarrel out uh, of of Chalik and uh, is like, Chalik's like, Did, how, what was this assassin? And Cabraxis, uh, why didn't you get, why didn't you stop him? And Cabraxis was like, I was busy <laughs> separating conjoined twins. Yeah, he has uh, a very <laughs> Frank, I can't be in two places at once despite being a demon kind of conversation with him here. It's kind of amazing. He's like, listen, buddy, I am also bound by the laws of space and time despite right. being a demon. <laughs> Look, I'm amazing. We all think I'm amazing. Can't be can't be everywhere at once. So right. you've got to watch yeah. out for the occasional assassination attempt. You just do. Yeah. So Chalik is not uh, resurrected, he's just healed, but Gabraxis tells Chalik now that he's resurrected in the eyes of the people of the church, 
the church will probably grow even more and uh so that they'll have you know more people are going to come to the church and the they mentioned uh that lord darkulin which that name come on buddy this guy is so specific with his names we've talked about it before he makes choices when it comes to these, he names. sure does. Yeah, Darkulin, Darkulin, like. <laughs> um, who rules Bramwell uh, and has been a, has been suspicious of the church, but Darkulin was in attendance today. Um, so, chapter seventeen, Chalik wonders why Darkulin would have picked today to be in attendance, and Cabraxis is like, well. Somebody may have told Lady Darkulin that Lord Darkulin had some mistress and where she could find that mistress and where to get some poison to slowly kill that mistress. And Lord Darkulin might be trying to save that mistress. And Chalik is like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> what? is like, I just lay- I laid it all out for you. Um, let's let's go. Let's go figure that out. Chalik reveals himself to the priest to show that he's that he's healed. Uh, and then he talks to the girl who saw the assassin and she describes the man to her. And he's like, nope, doesn't ring a bell. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> really? Uh, Not a little bit? Not even a little. Not even. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Tiny bit. Man burn okay. top half of his body. Nothing. You can't think of anybody that that Nobody. might be. All right, Charlie. <laughs> All right, Charlie. I feel like you're being difficult here, buddy, but uh, knock yourself out. Okay, fine, whatever. So Derek goes to the Blue Lantern to meet with the Sage, um, and this is one of those annoying uh, why I start really hating Derek in the second half of the book <laughs> conversations where Derek's like, uh, I'm, I'm not answering any questions unless I get questions answered. And then the guy will answer questions. And Derek is like, I'm still not answering questions. Um, (laughs) God damn it. So the guy's name is Taramis. Rhymes with Paramus in New Jersey. Um, (laughs) And the sage gives more backstory on Cabraxis's part in the sin war and all that jazz. And he explains the meaning of the symbols and how Cabraxis's main tools are leadership, greed, and covetousness. Uh, Tramis says that he knows that Derek lost someone to Cabraxis, and he too has lost people to a demon, his family. Mm. Since then, he has been demon hunting and recently has become sus of the Church of the Prophet of Light, which is the uh, one in Bramwell, the, the DN Epstein, whatever Cabraxis's yeah. fake name is. Um, Taramis reveals that there is a sword that is near Seeker's Point, coincidentally, that could probably kill Cabraxis based on old barbarian tales. Also, that he knew everything about Derek already uh, from the get-go. He didn't, Derek didn't even need to tell him anything because he's like, oh yeah, you're Derek Lang. You used to be under Captain Tolliver. Your friend Matt was killed in action. You saw Cabraxis. He like lays out all of the facts and Derek's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy. This Now, um, for those of you uh, playing the home game, this might uh, sound suspiciously like uh, the first act of most other stories slash movies slash books where uh, a down and out sad boy uh, gets uh, uh, approached by an elder figure with a... Uh, uh, with a call to adventure, or, yeah, exactly. This might, this might, to some of you, sound like it doesn't, it shouldn't go in the last third of a book, um, and, and I know because that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I feel like everything leading up to these past few chapters could have been a single chapter itself, uh, yeah, a, a prologue, if you will. Uh, if you and, will. and and now we're just getting into the actual meat of what uh, the story Mel Odom actually wanted to tell, because this is so weird. This is such a weird moment to be introducing like characters like this. This is it, right. it feels completely backwards. Yeah, I agree. Um, we jump back to Chalik for chapter 18. He's waiting for a guest. It's Lord Darkulin. Um, after a tense back and forth, uh, 
and there's just this the the last back part of the book is just riddled with characters being very tense with each other um after a tense back and forth darkulin follows chalik into the way of dreams um darkulin tries to kill chalik in the way of dreams but chalik catches the sword and throws it aside um and they continue in and fall to, into an abyss uh, chalik lands safely but darkulin lands uh into a bog of nightmares and is yeah. about to drown in the memory of killing a lover that he that he had uh that was pregnant and do you know where he put her body where where did he put that body kevin he put her body in the mosh what <laughs> i thought he put it where some guy from john hancock goes every thursday to get a fucking blowjob the same reality tv <laughs> don't laugh <laughs> he did indeed put her body in the mosh and you know what, Darkulin, you can stick around, pal, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you know, you... You're, you, you're good you, people, you, except for that whole you, infanticide thing. You, you did the bit. You did the yeah. meme. Uh, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> that means a lot to us. That's all. Um, so Darkulin accepts Cabraxis into his heart to be saved and is reborn. And the way he's reborn is Cabraxis, like, crushes his head. Or something like that. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and and then rebuilds him. Um, and after he leaves, Cabraxis tells Chalak to tighten security because he's learned of a demon hunter who has picked up his tail. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, chapter 19, Derek is following along with Taramis and his group of demon hunters. They're going to a house of a man named Elig who may have the sword, and they're going discuss, to discuss whether he will part with it. Meanwhile... Chalik is going to talk to Cabraxis, and Cabraxis is getting more worried and shows Chalik that Derek, one of the people who lived from the events at Tarek's port, is now with Taramis. And there's a whole lot of demon math here. Um, that's just my note. I forget why I actually wrote that. I think it's just like Cabraxis is like, there's this and then that. And yeah. this is a reason. I, it just felt like very explainer video to me. It got a it got a little like look here's 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 the background on us demons kind of yeah kinda, yeah yeah Cabraxis has sent the Lazanti after the demon hunter group um, back at the house <laughs> Derek is chilling and observing everything around him until Taramis calls for him um, and basically the thing is down in the in this root cellar is a body and it's the body of the last person who held the sword and it's still holding the sword because the sword won't let anybody take it. Yeah. Um, and then the sword won't let, it's like, you have to be pure of heart or something yeah. like that. And you have it's, to understand what you need to do. It's sword in the stone bullshit. It's sword um, in the stone, but the stone is a, is a corpse. Uh, is a which corpse. Is extra fascinating to me. I love it. Basically. It's like the, it's the, uh, Mjolnir, uh, Thor's hammer rules mm -hmm. where you can't pick Mjolnir up, but you if like you could pick Thor up while he's holding it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a very uh, can 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 God create a boulder that he himself that's so big that he himself cannot move it? You know, like exactly. Is, is there a loophole yeah. here? And and they even explain that at what, but they're like whenever we had to move the sword, we have to move like we have the to entire... just pick, we pick the body up and we move yeah. it. Yeah, we that's the only the way sword. to transport it. Which makes um, you wonder: could like a strong enough guy like use the body as a form of weapon? You know, could, just like hold. Could on they to just a leg chop and, the hand off and yeah, yeah, and fashion like a little hilt around the arm bone and use? How that? much have they actually tried with this one? I have to know. What they don't is, go into detail. Yeah. Have they made the effort? Um, clearly, they haven't. Uh, so uh, there's like a. Basically, I thought this was a neat little mention. Diablo and the Prime Evils have personally, they talk about this sword has returned Cabraxis to hell. Um, one of the other times that Cabraxis was on the mortal plane was uh, he got sent back to hell because Diablo and the Prime Evils personally came up from hell to send yeah. him back. That and was I was like, freaking oh, that awesome. <laughs> that is so Diablo. Like, that's, that's that. We've talked about the moments in the first book that, like, 
where they were just like demons coming out, literally crawling out of the ground and like, like right. that's, that's what I came here for. Fucking excellent. Yes. They don't like, um, the primevals do not like Cabraxas. Yes. Um, chapter 20, Derek is studying the sword in the clutches of a dead man. Uh, and the sword's rather plain looking and they're like, yeah, that's intentional. Would you expecting like, you know, something with jewels on it or something like that. It, it just looks like any other sword. It's like um, the Holy Grail at the end of Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, and Taramis is like, you're the one that's meant to take the sword. Um, oh, the demon math. Basically, whenever a demon comes out, the uh, it's the the seed that can destroy that demon also is released. Yes, is, to keep everything in balance. In balance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as Derek tries to take the sword, he begins hearing flashbacks of his father telling him how worthless he is. Um, the f- sword fights Derek taking it, but then when it seems like seems like another presence join him, joins him, Matt's like, "You can do it, maybe." Uh, the sword lets him have it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the Lizanti attack, and they're your you know they're they're lizard wolf monster creatures. Um, Derek using the sword and Taramis are fighting them off. Taramis wants Derek to just run, but he won't leave anybody behind. Um, and Derek finds out that the sword has God of War Leviathan Axe properties. So he can throw it and return it back to his hand. Yeah, pretty Um, And Derek thinks it's partially Matt's spirit that allowed him to pick up the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this, is, this is where we get kind of deep into the notion that uh, yes, we're dealing in a world full of demons and and curses and spells, uh, but the real enemy is daddy issues. The real enemy is daddy issues because he honestly. has got him. He has He's got, got a barrel of them. If if bet- we'll get more into it, but uh, if if this isn't all a metaphor for Derek being an out gay man trying to live the life that he wants with his companion of choice while his father berates him uh, from beyond the grave, uh, I, for one, would be deeply, deeply shocked. It is not a stretch to attach that metaphor here. Not (laughs) even a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, So in Chapter 21, Derek has arrived in Bramwell, uh, and he's looking over the town from a hill. Um, he's like, I don't know if I could, we can pull this off. We only have 17 people after that Lizanti attack. Um, one of the warriors named Ramble, um, comes to fetch Derek and tells him that Taramis has found a way into the church. Uh, all of the warriors in the group are suffering from night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them tried to leave, tried to kill, and then came back, tried to kill himself. And then they saved him. Uh, because of how intense these night terrors are getting. Um, and this is all from Cabraxis's influence. Um, Tramis outlines the plan, which happened. Um, basically, they built the church too big too fast. There's like old sewers and new sewers intersecting, and there's an old sewer entrance underneath this parapet. Um, and they're, they got to get in under there in order to get up into the church. And it's like... You know, your D&D party is just sitting there planning out a mission that, yeah. you know, somebody's just going to cast fireball at some point. Yeah. It's only going to go off the rails. It's all just going to go completely to shit. We all know where this is going. <laughs> Let's be real here. Um, So they can't like tread toward the church. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, they, steal a, they steal a cargo ship in order to get close to the sewer entrance. Under the parapet, they pick one that carries whale oil um, because it's kind of small and compact and it smells bad and nobody really wants to pay attention to it. Um, Taramis does an amazing job of walking onto the boat. There's only three sailors on the boat. He walks onto the boat. He's like, oh, yeah, Captain, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, wanted you guys to have this. And we're like, Captain who? Um, yeah. Wait a bit. And then he basically boring conversation anyways them and yeah. cast, <laughs> does like does like a force push and knocks them all off the boat. Yeah. He asks them how are they and and then just blasts them off the fucking ship. It's How are you? How are you? Yeah. 
Oh man, that was that was one of those moments that uh, uh, took my wife completely off guard. We've been rewatching all the Star Wars movies; she's never seen most of them, and sure. like that, the "How are you?" moment in Star Wars, and the "He could use a good kiss" in uh, Empire Strikes Back left her howling. She was like, I didn't realize these were that funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know mean, it's Harrison Ford. Harrison <laughs> Ford is, yeah. I feel like the how are you thing had to be unscripted. Uh, so much of it had to be. because it, it just <laughs> Harrison Ford loathed playing that part just enough to be fucking around half the time. And they were just like, fine, just keep it. It works for the character. Just let's get this over with. He won't stop fucking... Princess Leia, we need to we need to get him out of here uh, before yeah. his entire marriage falls apart. <laughs> he's like he's him and Carrie just keep sneaking off places. Yeah. and he's married, and we got to do something about we that. We gotta uh, we gotta do something about this. We gotta <laughs> yeah, nip this shit in the bud. Let's just finish this up. <laughs> um, so Taramis uses a wind spell to push the sails uh of and the boat down the river. Oh, and I forgot to mention. Meanwhile, uh. Ramble uh, sets uh, fire to a warehouse along the riverbank so yes. that people don't notice the sailors in the water. So yeah. there's like everybody's looking at the fire and not at the boat being stolen. Yeah. Pretty um, good. Pretty good strategy. Plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chapter 22, the blue Zephyr, the boat they stole, is rolling down the river. Uh, Derek gets to use his sailing skills, calling out things like hard to starboard and shit like that. Uh, <laughs> Ramble, who had set the warehouse fire, jumps onto the ship from a bridge. Um, and I just want to point out, it's interesting that the book ends up coming full circle, kind of. Hmm. In the final mission is like a nighttime river raid. Um and the first thing in the ha- thing that happens in the book is a nighttime river raid. Yeah, um, that's true. I didn't <laughs> see. See, I didn't even pick up on that. Like <laughs> at that point, I was like, "Okay, we're we're go. All right, cool. Another one of these. Um, Let's just Grand Theft Auto our way through this book. That's fine. One more. So the church guards begin firing their crossbows at them as they approach, um, and Tramis decides to light the ship on fire. Um, and now the ship is on fire and it's 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 compact and it's speeding up the river and it's it it hits the pilings and it causes the parapet the, the basically the back part of the church it, they described it it's like the waiting area to get into the church around back um, just collapses into the river <laughs> and they uh they jump off of the uh boat um uh they they basically or they, they don't jump off the boat they can't see the entrance it's too dark out and then matt starts talking to derek in his head and tells him to call out the name of the sword so when yeah. derek says storm fury this the sword lights up bright enough so that it could see the shoreline and the entrance to the old sewer that they're trying to get in through um so they all jump off the ship just about a just when the ship dislodges gets dislodged by the current and heads deeper into Bramwell um and the group enters uh the sewer um and then Derek tells the group about Matt's voice in his head in order to convince them it was like you got to follow me I know which way to go um <laughs> I I've got a voice in my head I you got to listen I got a voice in my head I know where I'm to clearly, go. Clearly, I'm the most trustworthy member of this party. Totally. And I have two voices, not one. Not one, but two. My dead dad and my dead <laughs> best friend. <laughs> They're both tearing me apart inside. So clearly, apart, I'm the one to trust. <laughs> I am the stable leader here that you need, you folks need. Yep. So they come upon a group of rats who attack them. Uh, <laughs> Classic. Classic. Meanwhile, it's boo yard time. <laughs> boo Thank yard. God. Boo yard. Boo yard. Boo yard. Uh, Chalik realizes that someone has attacked the church. And then we get some backstory about how in the past month um, he's been biggering and biggering the church. 
um, and has been getting close to get, having permission to build in Westmarch. Uh, Chalik asks the captain of his guard what's going on. The guard's like, I don't know. We're looking into it. Let you know when we know. Um, other than there's like a dozen warriors and that the ship was being driven by magic. And then Chalik Grand Moff Tarkins. Um, <laughs> he goes, it's, I don't even know what he actually said because I wrote down what Tarkin said. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Retreat after a moment of triumph. <laughs> I don't remember what he said either, but I'm here to tell you that that's exactly what I thought of when it got to that point and that and it and it superseded anything that Mel Odom wrote. <laughs> he grim off Tarkin's just like the the captain of the guard is like, uh, sir, we've analyzed their attack and there is a small chance that they could be successful. And, <laughs> and Chalik is like, no, I am staying here. Um, I'm not going to worry about these fucking teenagers. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, Chalik. Um, Chalik. And then Chalik is like, keep an eye out for a burned man. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not worried about that shit, but if you could keep your eyes open for a burn victim, I feel like yeah. that would be a good use of the time. And he's yeah. not wrong, to be fair. He's not wrong. No. Uh, Cabraxis tells Chalik uh, then that he is going to handle it personally. And he should go back and continue the church services. Uh, chapter 23. The gang is fighting off some rats while Taramis is trying to cast a spell to deal with them. Um, and then uh, Taramis, uh, they, you know, we get some moments of rats being cleaved in half. And then mm -hmm. Taramis casts a spell, rending the rats to bone. Just like all these hundreds of rats, just their flesh getting ripped off. Um, sick, <laughs> sick, uh, Clavin, um, who, um, he, he, that, that sounds like he was at, uh, he went to the bar at cheers. Um, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, it sounds like something that, that, uh, uh, Jerry Lewis, professor, Jerry out. Lewis or professor yeah. Frank Clavin Clavin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the warriors got his jugular ripped by one of the rats. Um, and they're like, ah, we can't do anything for him. And then Matt tells Derek to use the hilt of the sword on the wound. Um, Which does sound suspicious. I got to say. That sounds suspicious. suspicious. Uh, Pallet, one of the other guys, is like, no, uh, just don't do that. And then Derek does it and the wound heals. Um, yeah. Like, oh, okay, magic. Right. Because magic. We're going to keep on, keep on, keeping on. Yeah. Um, they continue running down the sewer, but then are attacked by a monster created out of the bones of the rats. Um, so they're surrounded on one side by the guards, and on the other side is a bone golem. Mm -hmm. um, and Derek begins fighting the golem. Um, he's cutting off its arms one by one. At one point, Ramble saves him, but gets he gets a bone shoved through his arm. Um, yeah. And there's a big battle of doubt waging in Derek's head. Um, there's like Derek, the voice of Derek's father being like, you're worthless. You're worthless, son. You're the, the most worthless son anybody could ever have. And it's, Matt's like, no, buddy. <laughs> it gets to the point. It, it is like it's like walk hard dad levels. Where yeah. like you think it's it's become a parody of itself. It's just like, oh, worthless. You're a stupid boy. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah, like, that was kind of the problem that I was having with this as we yeah. kind of go on in these chapters. Be like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Shut and up. More, <laughs> well, more to the point, like nowadays, a father telling you you're stupid and all, yeah, of course, you know that that that'll leave psychological damage. I feel like in a medieval setting or something like that, that's got to be more par for the course. I feel like that 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 right. doesn't wouldn't that <laughs> maybe I'm wouldn't being carry naive, as much but, weight. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you, you're always going to have a little sadness inside, but uh, it's 1210, so that's just kind of a standard issue way of living. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. After some more combat and flipping and flopping, Derek is able to kill the golem and the group runs on with the guards chasing them. 
And then they're like, we're going, going, going. And then the, the sword is leads them down another path and it's a dead end. Um, chapter 24, uh, they're trapped. And Matt gives Derek the lowdown about how there were three people marked that night. And Derek is having more doubts as the guards catch up. Uh, basically, it's just kind of like a standoff because the guards don't want to attack because they think there's too many people and they'll lose too many of their own. So they're waiting for the archers to get there. Um, and, you know, we get some more information. Derek uh, could only take the sword because Matt is like in him. Um. Yeah, 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 which... I think I think we get it. I think we get the uh, the message here. Yep, we get the message. Yep. Yeah, uh, Matt is clear. trying his darndest to convince Derek to stand fast and wait for the third man. And then who who would you? It's 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 Rathen. It's Captain Rathen, the burn yeah. man. He opens a yeah. hole in the wall and offers them a way out. And yep. Rathen apparently can hear Matt as well. Um, he's like, "Yar, your your friend keeps won't shut the fuck up." <laughs> Frankly, I'm fucking sick of him uh were you guys a yeah. thing never mind don't worry about it. <laughs> were you you know um you a ship wife it doesn't matter it doesn't matter forget doesn't I matter. Anything. doesn't matter you're, i didn't say anything it's a different um, age different age they go through the opening and wraithen pours a barrel of oil into the opening where the guards are and lights it on fire causing them to retreat and then um just uh i the last note i have for chapter 24 is it's all a prophecy uh -huh. in the chapter 25 um tramis tells them of the prophecy one lost in death one lost in life and one lost in himself and then my next note is reading these verbatim shame this wasn't set up anywhere else ever mm -hmm. that's note number one note mm -hmm. number two Jesus fucking Christ, this is dumb. I hate it. Um, <laughs> did you to tell me, did you have any more notes after that? Yeah, I got more notes. I got more okay. notes about that. <laughs> I just, there was a part of me that felt like that was like, the, that's it. That's all I've got for the rest I of the book. I stopped writing notes on the book after that. Um, no, I kept writing notes, but oh God, I, I don't, I can't tell you how much I fucking hate like, first of all, prophecies are yeah. thin ice for me. Yeah. You know, thin fucking ice. It is a ice. very well, well-worn trope. It is. You it gotta, is. you gotta, you gotta yeah. walk that line. It's it's a tight rope that you gotta yeah. walk. To set up a third act prophecy that to takes fulfill the characters <laughs> that you already have. Yeah. That takes some fucking balls. Yeah. Yeah. To be like that to me is is not planning like that to me it makes it, it seems like this book was not planned at all. It was just mm -hmm. the guy started fucking writing and then he's like, "Well, I got these dudes." And then he's like, "It's a prophecy." And that's why there's the three of them. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah, it's 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 a stretch to say the very least. It's more than a stretch. It's just it's just kind of lazy. Uh, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. Uh, you have to um, if you're going to uh, shoot a prophecy in the third act, it better be up on the shelf in the first act. That is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, that's what I say. Um so anyway, they make their approach <laughs> to the church. It's always, you know, we're, you know, we're in a good episode when I hear the, the, the copywritten, uh, uh, exasperated sigh of, of Kevin. Just, <laughs> we, sh we have to trademark it or something. It's just, yeah. uh, sigh. it never, it never loses its, uh, appeal slash, uh, just, well, no, just appeal. Uh, <laughs> your your Thank pain you. is our gain, Kevin. That's a fact. Thank you. <laughs> so they're going. They're going down to the church, and they open a secret door, 
uh, and they're looking through the door and there's a huge crowd and, and Wraith and gives is like, oh yeah, by the way, I tried to kill Chalik already mm. once didn't take. And they're like, okay. Um, and Wraithen's like, I think he's immortal. And, and they're like, nah, that's probably not it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, anyone got any uh, other ideas or is that okay? No, probably not that though. So they open the secret door and they begin their attack. Uh, and they're wading through the, the crowd and there's a lot of fighting and slashing and killing. There's guards and mercenaries getting hacked up. Um, Taramis casts a winter spell causing to snow and chill inside the cathedral. Why? I don't I don't know. He just does it. There's, he just does it. He just it's too hot and too dang hot in here. He so yeah. he makes it cold. <laughs> OK, <laughs> fine. Um. Derek is being chased by the snake, which has no consideration for other human life. It's just like slamming around, smearing people against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Derek is, uh, he's like platforming. This is like a little platforming level. Um, yeah. he, he jumps to Chalik's, exactly pla- <laughs> he jumps to Chalik's platform and grabs him and slams into the wall and stops him from uh, casting a spell. Uh, and then Derek gets back up and he throws the sword into Chalik's chest. Um, and that's a, that's a picture wrap on Chalik. Chalik is dead. This that's is, all. this is, this is real dead. Um, he then dodges the snake some more and pulls and does the Leviathan axe sword pull back, uh, from the dead body. Um, and then the snake swallows Derek and pulls him into the black road. Um, uh. And we get like pages of Derek just dealing with his father, trying to convince him to kill himself. Um, And then his father is just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to hang you. And it's just like, okay. It's really a bit overwrought at this point. It just. Yeah. You know, for all you're talking about, like how there's we get random ass things like a prophecy and all that shit introduced, um, you know, last second with very little buildup, no lead in to, to these details. But this is, this is one detail that the pudding is so over egged that it's just eggs at this point. And it's just an egg. It's just an egg. It's, it, there's still shell on it. Uh, it is, it is, it cannot be mistaken for anything other than an egg and it's too much. It it's just, just it normal just, egg. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> It's just innocent egg. It's just innocent egg. I just want, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's just normal egg. <laughs> just oh, an man. innocent egg. Just an innocent egg. <laughs> um, uh, Matt is trying his best to snap Derek out of it. Um, mm. uh, Derek, uh, Matt's like, look behind him. It's it's not him. It's the demon. And then Cabraxis reveals himself, and Derek fights him while still having a noosery on his neck. And Derek cuts Cabraxis's head off, and he's back in the cathedral. And the stone snake uh, still lives until the sword casts a blue lightning spell. And uh, he's like, "Hey, that's it. The false, the false prophet is over." Woo. Yeah. Um, and we get an epilogue. And I didn't really take a lot of notes on the epilogue, but basically to sum up, Derek is like, "Hey, you know, he's on the roof." And he's been cursed by Cabraxis to be like part demon. Um, he's also the portal from which Cabraxis could come back onto the mortal plane. And he needs to carry the sword with him at all times. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're like, Taramis is like, all right, well, you want to get going? And he's like, nah. And it's like this awkward moment where he's like, I'm not going to ride with, I'm not going to go with you guys. But then they end up on the same boat anyway. Um, yeah, they just do their best not to notice each other and just like look straight ahead. They, they said goodbye and then they both started walking in the same walking direction. The same direction, yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah. Um, while they're on the boat, a little girl gets crushed in between the boat and the dock, um, and they're like, "Oh no, she's gonna die. That's that's a shame. She's gonna die." And Derek is like, oh, "Okay," and he goes down and he uses the his healing power that he has now, apparently through the sword um, and Cabraxis um, 
to heal the girl. But whenever he uses the healing power, uh, he can hear Cabraxis's voice uh, more clearly. So that's like anytime he uses his magic now, it's like Cabraxis has a chance to try to influence him. Yeah, to like kind um, of balance everything out. And people are like, ah, oh, that's the guy, the people who killed the, 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 our prophet. That's the guy. And then the mother's like, back off. He saved my daughter. So there's probably a good reason they killed that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because everyone's still worked up about the old church. Yeah, this is still only like an hour later. Yeah, yeah, everyone's still kind of upset about that, and they feel some of them, it's actually pretty apt, you know, it, it, they, they say, you know, some of them realize their mistake and feel stupid, so they're doubling down, and some of them are still genuinely enthralled to the whole thing, but uh, they're, they're not yeah. going to be, they're not going to be asking to take you out to dinner anytime soon. Sure. So, it's, it's, it's interesting, it, and it's he's interesting. balancing, it's interesting, but by the time we got there, I just, I was just done, like... I was it's so a cool done. idea. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the book. That's that's how mm. our book ends. Um, the Derek is off on adventures. Are we going to see more of him? I don't care. Um, seems like these yeah. Diablo books are just like one offs anyway. We're not. We I, I think so. I think they've got they do have a sin war. I think trilogy that uh, talk that's like. Horus Heresy, like prequel style, sure. <laughs> Diablo yeah. shit. Um, but I think, I I think one of the interesting things about this the Diablo series is is that the fact that these are they appear to be just one offs within the universe. They're not based on right. any one thing. Which it's kind of amazing that a game that does have a storyline, but does anyone really know it? Is anyone really paying that close of attention to it? I don't uh, know what the like. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Ostensibly, it's like, um, uh, I know. Uh, ostensibly, it's like, what, um, you you're going to fight, kill Diablo. I mean, name of the game, Diablo. You're going to right. kill Diablo. That's one. And then I don't know. I couldn't tell you a single inch of what two, three, or four are about. Right. And and I think that's how most people I mean I assume Diablo right? more, yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, sure. But it's it has this vague sense of like good versus evil and, and that and, and don't get me I, I really enjoy the games. Uh, I haven't played the new one, but uh, it's it's I enjoy them. Uh but I don't play them for the story. And I think that's what's interesting about these books is that there is a lot of freedom afforded to the writers, and that's a huge positive, uh, right up until it's totally not. Uh, because <laughs> yes. at, at times I feel like the writers just don't know what to do with it. And sure. I think this is a good example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this book, it's weird. It gets a lot of good ratings on the, the book apps and it's like, Oh, amazing characters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, here's the thing. I didn't like any of the characters to be honest. <laughs> um, Derek is just an annoying, you know, piece of shit there's like uh, there's like it feels like he never gets better even to the very end he just like hangs on by the skin of his teeth and then he's like yeah. well i have a new reason to be sad right um, right yeah he doesn't like he doesn't like turn around he's a jedi knight or some goddamn thing he's just he's just sad for different reasons now he's just sad boy and i understand i can relate to being a sad boy but of you know that's not the story i I want to read a story about a character who goes from one point A to point B and has some change. This is just yeah. like Derek watched his friend die and then he pulls himself out of a drunken stupor just long enough to kill the demon. Right. <laughs> just long enough. <laughs> yeah, it it you're right. It it has this it look, I like taking old-fashioned narratives and old-fashioned genres like like sword and sorcery and adding a new spin to them uh, and trying something new. I think that's great. I think that's very admirable. But I don't think a heavy-handed bit of daddy issues is the excitement that we're looking for in a sure. world where you're literally trying to exercise demons uh, and and send them back to hell. Uh, it's... I, I think Mel Odom has some really good pieces here. Like, there yes. are so many cool details that he puts in that you're like, oh, that's fucking metal as shit. There were so many moments that I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, the way he describes things, but they don't 
hang together very well. No, it's very loose. Yeah, it's like he needs, he's got all these cool uh, people, places, and things, because I liked a lot of the characters, but uh, he doesn't know how to get them from point A to point B, which made me think, and hear me out on this, he's an old school uh, uh, role-playing game guy. I feel like he might be one of the best DMs uh, to be in his game, to play a game of uh, Dungeons and Dragons with Mel Odom is probably divine because he'll give you all kinds of cool shit and you guys move it forward and and take the plot. But as far as as this novel is concerned, it just, it was... It doesn't hang together. It didn't Um, didn't hang together, yeah. The, yeah, jamming a prophecy in the last chapter, um, basically, um, is is when it gets kind of like explained. Um, it's, it felt it's, a little desperate, like yeah, it's a little little desperado. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little little bit, little bit. Uh, also, uh, what else? Oh, like you have these characters like like Lex, like who seemingly is going to be important, you know, because he's like, I want to, I'm gonna hunt this demon. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out. Like, wh- what if what if Lex is the guy that he comes back around? You know, he instead of this new Taramis guy, what if it was Lex that he that right circling exactly. back around? It's like a year and a half later, you know, you you get Lex and he's like, you know, grown up a little bit, matured a little right. bit. And um, we're already a little invested in that character. So it's way easier for us sure. to go along. I, I totally agree. I think that would have made a, that would have made the whole thing a lot more of a tight experience. It would have tied um, the whole thing together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we get Wraith and back, but we don't, there's a lot of the weird development of Wraith and like his interaction with the woman in that mm. one chapter. Um, yeah. Which you thought was going like, to be, what the fuck is that? For, what is that? And, and and we have this huge moment with this woman who, uh, you know, he assaults her. She assaults him back. He's kind of amazed by her, her, you know, bravado and all that stuff. She's dead now. But wow, what an amazing woman and stuff. And you're like, OK, so what are we going to do with her? Are we bringing her back? Is she going to like haunt him? Like, no, she, it was just a moment. Um, and in a 300 and some odd page book, we don't. We, if you're if you're writing a 1,200 page epic and you want to include shit like that, yeah, sure, fine. I mean, that's yeah, that's one thing. But this isn't. We don't have time. You know what this felt like? This felt like a fan fiction book that was being written chapter by chapter, and people were reading each chapter before the yes. next one was written. And he was reacting to people's reactions. Like he starts out as a pirate story, and then you get a bunch of people after the third or fourth chapter going, "Wait, I thought this is Diablo. Shouldn't there be demons?" He's like, uh, uh, "There is. There is a demon. Uh, there he, is. Don't worry. There. We're getting yeah." Yeah, and it's like okay, this int- I'm introducing this character, and he's yeah, a pretty it's cool. It's totally like, serialized. Oh, he sucks, and then he just kills him. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a exactly serialized. It, like. it was published, you know, it's it's nineteen it's nineteen twelve, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is publishing, you know, Sherlock Holmes bit right. by bit in in a newspaper or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's one of those. Um, it's one of the you know, and I can you know what's funny is you can. If you read enough of those books from the first half of the 20th century, enough of those stories when serialized novels were more common, mm-hmm. like um, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I believe, yeah. was originally serialized in a magazine. Yeah. And there are moments in that book, if you read it cover to cover, you're like, oh, this chapter just is just fucking filler, you know? Right. Right. Just, he was just buying time. He was just trying to get a paycheck for this month. Yeah. There's like a, absolutely. There's like a because there's a chapter in Body Snatchers where they escape, they leave town, and they do all this stuff, and then they co- go back to town at the end of the chapter, and it's like nothing gained yeah. in that chapter. You know, in fact, they're right back where they started. And it's in the middle of the book. And I remember I was listening to the audiobook version, and the guy who did the audiobook was the son of the guy who directed the first movie. So uh, the guy who narrated it, and he did a great job narrating it. 
And he was talking about one of the things that he goes, one of the things I liked that my father did with the with the adaptation of the movie is he cut out a lot of scenes that were just filler in the original yeah. book. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, you got to you make it leaner, you like make it a little bit meaner. Yep. Um, yes, I agree. This d- feels like it needed some editing. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 just it yeah, you could have eliminated a quarter of the characters, made composites of them. There were so many it felt it really did feel like Mel had a story that he wanted to write and realized too late that it was too short. Um and and realized that the book he'd written was only going to be able to work as like half of the second act and the third act and right. he needed to expand on the, the the first act and it just didn't it just didn't hang together it really didn't it's a shame yeah because uh, again there are so many details that i thought were fucking excellent it's like i i literally at certain points was like i'm going to have to steal that for a D game or something like that sure. i'm gonna have to put that yeah. detail in there that is so cool he's got ideas uh but for whatever reason and that's that's the thing with these right for hire books which is 99 percent of what we read here uh we don't know uh, if it's just, if it's, if this was just a book in his universe that he invented and all that stuff, then we could very reasonably go, what the fuck? Like, like you, you didn't, you fucked it up. This is just a bad, this is just bad writing. But with this, it just ha- leaves more questions than answers because we don't know if, um, Blizzard nixed something or if the publisher said, ah, you gotta, you gotta expand on this or, you know, cause he's. He's writing this for a check, and right. and you know you you got you're writing for your customer, so to speak. So yeah, who the hell knows? Who knows? Um, and as as I noted, like we're in the minority apparently on on disliking this book. It's it's got great reviews on everywhere else. So we were also I mean, in the minority for um, Dead Space, and I'm not. Oh, going yeah. to I'm not How pulling anyone, back on that one. And I don't understand. <laughs> I can't even like I could understand liking this book because mm. as you as we as you said, as we said, there's a lot of neat stuff in it. And if you're yeah. just kind of like, oh, yeah, all oh, this is really neat. And it's not a huge it's not a very thorough examination of whether it actually hangs together. Then, yeah, yeah you it, you can you could definitely enjoy it. There's swashbuckling. There's magic. There's sure. There's demons, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And what's funny is Cabraxis is probably one of the most uh, intriguing villains. Cabraxis was have, excellent. Yeah. We have had in our, one of our books. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I loved him. He was great. But uh, yeah, I, I would say I, I think the other Diablo book, um, despite kind of fall, not falling apart, but kind of being a little bit slow at the end. Uh, I liked better than. Oh yeah, it definitely had a very cohesive plot. Everyone was the narrative thrust was all going in one direction. Yeah, it just kind of had a weird. It also had kind of a weird dude coming up at the end, just like ah, I am the Deus Ex Machina. Oh yeah, yeah, the old wizard guy. Yeah, the old wizard dude who was in like mentioned in the prologue, and then it's like, and then never again until look at me, I'm that guy from the prologue. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they really they they held off on him so long that I, I wondered if he was ever going to show up again, and then they almost yeah. at the last possible second. Yeah, that one. I had a lot of I have a lot of positive memories of that one. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it. I think it. It wasn't flawless, but especially yeah. after reading this one, I think that's definitely the strongest of the Diablo books of the two we've read. Of the two that we've read, it is yeah. the best. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, with that all being said, mm. um, the body is in the marsh. It's not. Yes. It's there is no guy from John Hancock um, getting his uh, getting his blowjobs by this one. Um, so, with that all being said, what are you playing? Okay. Look, still playing Far Cry Six. Slowly okay. taking over this island, town by town. I have nothing more to say about it. I, I, I'm, I'm. It is just something I, that is going to. I'm going to play it until there's literally nothing left to do, 
I'm going to finish it, uninstall it with a small sense of sadness, and and move on with my life. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I have played another game uh, that I'm finding very intriguing right now, uh, and I've seen it actually. Now that I've started playing it, I've started noticing it on like TikTok, and it's, it's one of those flavor of the month games on social media, and it's called Bramble the Mountain King. Mm-hmm. Um, and this oh, is a. I, I saw you mention this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is one of your um, narrative-focused adventure, uh, not point-click, platformer games. It's based uh, a lot around Norse mythology. Um, It is, if you have played Little Monsters, if you have played Limbo or Inside, uh, if you have played uh, Two uh, uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, if you've played any of those games, you have played this game. Um, it is the same basic idea. You do puzzles. You're a child in danger uh, from horrifying, horrifying things. And the first 30 or 40 minutes I played of it, I actually thought I was like, I think I'm going to refund this one. This is just it's just the same. And then something clicked in my brain and was like, yeah, but you loved all those games. Yeah. And and I and I went. Oh, you're right. And suddenly I was able to just kind of wash myself in the fun of all of it. And I'm really enjoying it. It's a blast. I I don't think I have much left. It's not a very, I will, the one downside to the whole experience, there are two. There's one that is like the, the, the platforming is kind of um, swishy. It's kind of like uh, feathery. You don't have Mm. a lot of weight to you. And, and that can really fuck you up in terms of, getting your jumps right and stuff like that. It's it's uh, floaty. That's the word I was, I was floaty. looking Floaty, yeah. Yeah, you're very floaty, and that can be a pain in the ass, but not a huge one. Um, and it's $30, and I, I, hate, I hate bringing up the price of these things because I think that they should be judged without that. But the older I get and the more responsibilities I take on, uh, the more I realize that that is absolutely a factor that is only fair to bring up. And this game is sure. $30. I'm about two-thirds of the way through it. I'm like two and a half hours into the game. I, I've i looked it up, and, and most people agree that four, four and a half hours is what you're going to get. And here's the thing. With these kinds of games, I kind of think that's the perfect length of time because no matter how clever or beautiful the game is, and it is both, it's absolutely a stunning game, and it's very right. clever. The puzzles are interesting, uh, and the storyline is wonderful. I think that's great. Um, it's still $30 uh, for that length of experience is is going to be steep for some people, and I, and I can't blame them for that. Um, so I, I think it's one of those games that is like, right now for me, if you see it on sale, then absolutely pick it up. Um, but I can I can totally see if some people aren't um, hook lined and sinkered uh, by this particular fairy tale uh, platformer genre that has been picking up so much speed in the past ten years. Um, sure. You know, uh, then then it might not be for you. It's scary. It's whimsical. It's kind of fascinating because I'll tell you what the first act is very tutorial based, and it's you getting used to the world. And you've got literal tall cap gnomes wandering around. And one of the first things you have to do is play hide and seek with them. And that's a way of showing you how certain mechanics work. And they're hiding from you. And they've got children's voices. And they're not annoying children doing the voice acting. So that's always good. Good. And uh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is charming. This is so cute. And uh, and then at a certain point later in the game, you're leading a bunch of them uh, through an area. And one of them sets off a trap. And it kills the fucking gnome, like dead, dead, dead. <laughs> and I spent 20 minutes just going, I'm sorry. Like just, just, <laughs> they set it up for you to be hurt so bad. And the grim shit is, is very grim. The whimsies, very whimsical. Uh, it, it is a, it is a neck breaker of emotion. It sure. really is. Um, and I, and I'm, a, I'm such a fucking sucker for that. I fall it's, for so it it's every like little time. nightmares, yeah, um, vibe, right? Yeah, it's little nightmares. Yeah. It's it's yeah, Brothers: a Tale of Two Sons, which was an early game that made me weep uncontrollably. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's got a lot of heart and a lot of emotion behind it, and a lot of genuinely terrifying moments. It is a it is a horror game. Do not yeah. mistake. It is it, it the first 
30, 40 minutes will make you go, why is this got a horror tag? It's a horror game. Uh, <laughs> it's a fucking horror game, and it's a folk horror game, and how was I supposed to avoid that? And, of course, uh, you love yourself some folk horror. I love folk horror, and, uh, and Scandinavian folk horror, even better. Throw a troll yeah. at me, and uh, it's... A troll, or, yeah. you know, it's that it's uh, Midsummer or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. like all of that shit. Count me the fuck in. Um, I I love it. This is my particular brand of catnip, but I can't shake the feeling that not everyone's going to be totally down with paying 30 bucks for that. So that's my caveat sure. for people who, if anybody has heard me talk about this, you know who you are. Like if you hear me describing this and you go, yep, I'm going to go ahead and buy that. You know who you are. The rest of you, you could, if you're interested, you could, you could put it on your wait list, wish list and like keep an eye on it and uh, get it on sale or something like that. And you'll have a, you'll have a great time. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, I'm going to probably have that finished by the time we, we meet up again next. Uh, sure. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. So uh, what are you, what are you playing, Kevin? I am playing the System Shock remake and it's um, still going strong. I ended up restarting my game just because I felt like I, I had missed some stuff and, and um, so I just went and, and restarted and I'm, I'm having a blast with my my second start on on the game nice. um it's it's fun it it's it's very faithful to the original from what i know there's like some changes that they made um but it it's um it's a lovely lovely game it has some horror elements it's uh you can see how it uh has its you know like alien isolation and prey mm-hmm. and all those games have their roots in it um can't say enough about the System Shock remake. Um, and then I also picked up, uh, because everybody is playing it and I got peer pressured, um, Street Fighter Six. I got- Oh, I got, okay, okay. I got peer pressured into Street Fighter Six, so I'm in the middle of figuring out how to get good at Street Fighter Six. You're uh, a, you're a uh, more dedicated man than I. It, it, fighter, yeah, fighting we'll games see how long like this lasts. Um, yeah, but it's it was it's one of the games where I'd be like, I I looked at the my my library page for it, and it was like seven of your friends are playing right now, and I was like, right. Jesus Christ, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that never happens. Um, so far, I'm having I'm having some fun with it, you know. Uh, the I want to go through the um, the I I did the world tour started the world tour but I want to go through the character creator again because you can create some real some real monsters in there. <laughs> oh, that's cool! I didn't know there was a character creator. In Street <laughs> There's Party a character there. creator, and you can uh, really really freak them up uh, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like freaking up my characters, so yeah, that, that, yeah. I can, I, I Long feel arms. There's like, there's two different settings for height. There's height and sitting height. And the <laughs> sitting height determines like where their waist hits. So you can have like, <laughs> you can have like the, their height be really high and their sitting height be really high. And what that does, it means their waist is like, it's like their body is like this long and their legs are like tiny. <laughs> I love it. Just like, just like that, that, that like ape-like long ropey arms kind of shit. Like, yes. oh yeah, that's fun. That's you can fun. make some real terrifying <laughs> stuff in there. Um, so, uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, next, uh, next book we're reading is going to be... XCOM UFO Defense, which yes. I believe is when was that written? I want to say it was, it was like ninety-two. Like, that's to be uh, later. I think uh, maybe a little bit later than that. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting uh, idea for a book because you know obviously mid nineties were not huge for PC game novelizations. No. I mean, this is a this is a novelization of a game that was. There was a PlayStation, okay, ninety-five. There was a PlayStation version of the original XCOM, if I recall correctly, but it was it was really a PC game mm-hmm. <laughs> for all intents and purposes. 
Um, so yeah, that's our next our next book. Um, and then uh, if you're interested in hearing more stuff from us, uh, some bonus stuff perhaps, uh, there's a website you can go to. Uh, Phil, which website is that? Uh, can you remind me where, oh, where we, oh, we I go? Th- if I'm remembering correctly, I think you're talking about patreon.com slash the pixel lit podcast, where That's you can right. you can join up onto one of our three tiers, support us with as little as one dollar a month, and receive all kinds of cool bonus stuff, uh, essays, polls, and uh, actually some very cool bonus episodes, which Kevin and I are going to be getting into the mix with very soon. So check it out. Hell yeah. Patreon.com slash the pixel lit podcast. Do it today. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, Also, uh, tell some friends about uh, where else you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the pixel lit pod or at pixel pod rather. Uh, You can go to our website, pixelitpod.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and also find a link to join our discord um all fun stuff we love having people on and talking to us and all that all that great stuff it's awesome you guys are so much fun to talk to it's great feel free to hop on and and join the conversation uh that'll do it for tonight's episode so uh have a good night everybody bye